Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the After Sunday Discussion. I'm very excited to have this episode today. There's really not a main topic. There's really not much of a format. There's really not much of an outline, which means it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun one. I'm one of your hosts, Cody Haggard, and with me, as always, is the one and only Josh Bowsey. I can't believe you just did that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Do you know who I am? How much, how much coffee have you had? Today? Like before this. Before this? I know you had at least one cup. There's a cup in front of you right now. I had one cup, and then I have another one in front of me. I've had some other cups earlier in the day. (laughs) So I'm probably working on my fourth cup of coffee right now. Okay. For the entire day. I did not have a cup of coffee, though, before about 1 p.m. So you just had the caffeine to make sure you don't have a headache? Well, no. You know, I can miss a day of coffee without getting a caffeine headache. I've I've had them before, but it's not really consistent for me. Okay. So here's what happens. Here's the truth. Okay, guys. Here's a here's me giving a behind the scenes in the life of Cody moment. When I preach today, I preached. I preach in church on Sunday. Anyone who would be interested in listening to a sermon from me, you can head over to onthepathway.org. I preached at Pathway Church this morning, and you can check that out. Uh, Sorry for any background noise. Josh is in the midst of opening a wrapper. Um, But no big deal. We need to talk about snacks eventually because we have these peachos that are delicious. No big deal. (laughs) Um, But anyway... I preach this morning, and when I preach, I do not eat anything or drink anything that could possibly upset my stomach before speaking because I get a little bit nervous as it is. My stomach just does weird things as it is before preaching, and the last thing I need is is another distraction because, you know, Josh, you've spoken before. You've preached before. It's It's, it's not easy. It's it's not not easy to get up there and... And, and the last message. thing you want to do is upchuck on the front row. <laughs> you don't want to get sick. You don't want to feel sick. Even even if nothing would happen, you just want, don't want to feel uncomfortable. It's not fun. So I preached this morning. Uh, Josh, did you go to church today? Yes, I did. Josh, how was church today? It was great. It was good until the maintenance guy came and tried to change all the batteries on the doors. <laughs> now, why would that happen? Let's let let's let the audience know a little bit about your church situation. Why would that happen? Why would the maintenance guy show up on a Sunday morning? <laughs> so I go to a church called City View Baptist. It meets out of a hotel downtown Cleveland, and it's very it's its main mission is to reach the community in downtown Cleveland and the surrounding neighborhoods that don't get touched by church or religion or really anybody from the suburbs. So yeah, um, it's, it's a, it's a great place. It's a cool experience. Uh, but I do, I, I, I stand in the back and kind of monitor things from there. And it's just like, I'm just standing there and the maintenance guy from the hotel comes walking over and starts closing all the doors. <laughs> and then he, I'm, I'm like looking at him like, what are you doing? He's just like, I got to change the batteries. And then the screwdrivers come out and it, it was just interesting. I found yeah. out how one of those hotel door locks work though. That oh, was interesting. That's, that sounds fascinating. Yes, like the ones that you put the key in yeah. and okay. Those are all double A batteries. <laughs> oh, so they could legitimately just die. And right. then you can't get in your hotel room Pretty for the rest much. of the- <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> so it was, it's interesting, but it's a good church. I love it. Um, great people, lots of great things going on in Cleveland through there. And it's just been cool. 
Yeah. Very eye-opening. Yeah, yeah, Josh, I can definitely say, since you've been going there, I mean, the stories you have, the from being a friend of yours for many years, I have seen you speak more about um, seeing God at work in a church situation because of what you've done at City View. Now, that doesn't take away from the your past church experience, but I think when you kind of put yourself in a position to where you are really challenging yourself week in and week out to be part of something where and it's not m- me. It's there's a lot of people who are doing oh, a ton more than absolutely. I am. And it's just awesome to watch absolutely. Just how how God works through that and through yeah. that the just the ragtag team that we yeah. are, which is cool. So and you're taking the gospel where it's needed versus like being comfortable where people will come. You know, right. just, like that's the thing about having churches in the suburbs. Like people, they'll trickle in. They'll come. They'll find mm-hmm. you. They'll they'll settle in. Oh yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of yeah. I mean, if you guys have listened to the episode of Raking Coals with Caleb, I mean, that Sunday he got yelled at by a very nice lady, but she stood up in the middle of service and just was yelling and told him what she thought about what he was saying. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go and listen to see if that's actually in the sermon audio. I don't know if he posted it. Okay. I, that that I kind of want to see. Yeah, we'll have to that. go check that. Um, but I, you know, we've, we've kind of got a little bit of an introduction here, but before we go any further, we're going to move into snack review, Yes. Uh, snack review. Again, we have candy this week. And so we are looking at two weeks in a row, having an after Sunday discussion after an entire month where we didn't have a single one. So this is trying to make up some ground, trying to make up some ground. Also just realizing that these are fun to have. It's good to sit down and talk about the various different things going on in our lives and things going around the world. Um, But today for our snack review, we have, what do we have, Josh? What have you brought to us today? Those peach O-rings, the... They kind of look like lifesavers, but they're huge and they taste like peaches and they're delicious. They're so good. This is the thing about peach rings. And these specific peach rings, where'd you get these from, Josh? These are exceptional. Giant Eagle. Giant Eagle Eagle is like fire right now. We have been Mm -hmm. virtually getting all of our snack review, uh, snacks from there and doing our snack reviews from there. Although there was a few episodes ago, actually quite a bit, uh, a while ago where we reviewed something from Giant Eagle didn't say it was from Giant Eagle but it was pretty disgusting uh, do, you, do you remember our- the soup <laughs> yeah the canned soup review uh, so if you're looking for Giant Eagle brand soup don't eat that stuff because it's not chunky soup doesn't taste like chunky soup by Campbell's uh, but these peach oats man they just I don't know how it is like I'm pretty sure this is what peaches really taste like they but do, better they taste like peaches it's delicious and I bet there's a ton of chemicals in there that make them like that and they're probably terrible for you but I love them anyway and they're then these good. we also have like, these sour neon worms these are really good too I'm gonna have to try these yeah you gotta because these are not the the name brand. This is also I'm, another generic brand. I'm a big fan of trolley, though. I like the trolley mm-hmm. gummy bears. Is it trolley or is it trolley? I have no idea. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, guys who are listening, please uh, let us know. Is it trolley or trolley? The people who make the sour gummy worms, let us know. Comment. Head over to e43collective.com. Feel free to send mm-hmm. us a contact form. Like us on Facebook. You guys know the drill. We, uh, we shamelessly plug our website and the things we're doing all the time so why not do it in the middle of a snack review but anyway i'm about to try one of these sour gummy worms and so far i'm pretty impressed they're really good i love these things and the other thing too is they're like a dollar cheaper than the name brand ones 
That's significant. It is very significant. And you get more. That's almost half the price. It is. So, so I would definitely say peach rings for sure. A recommended snack. Again, like we mentioned last week with the gummy sharks, great road trip snack. But also be careful with how many of these things you eat. Now, they don't settle as heavily in the stomach, in my opinion, as the gummy sharks. But still, be careful. You don't want to eat a whole bag of these in one sitting and then find out I have done that, that and there is a rock in your stomach. Yes, yes. I've done that, driven home, changed and went to a workout, and I hated that experience, and I will never do it again. Yeah, and there's something about like when the body goes into physical activity, if there's any type of discomfort, it just gets exponentially mm-hmm. worse. So, but these are very, very good. If you live in Ohio or PA and you have access to Giant Eagle, go try these because they're delicious. Try them out, Giant Eagle. You're doing a great job right now with yes. the snacks. And if you want to throw us a sponsorship, you know that'd be sure, great. <laughs> no problem. We will. Uh, we'll definitely throw you in here. If uh, anyone from the Giant Eagle listens to this podcast, I seriously doubt it. But you never know. We'll drop um, your name. Anyway, anyway, something uh, happened this week, Josh. Something happened. Some drama has happened in the internet. The, yes. Oh, we're going to talk about this? The internet in which Josh and I have, have we have wandered into this wild, wild west of the 21st century known as the internet, becoming content creators. And I am so thankful right now that we are, we independently own everything that we do. At this point, we have our own website. We own everything on our website. Everything that gets posted on e43collective.com is totally within our realm and grasp to do. Now, we're not really doing anything controversial. We're not really doing anything. Depends on who you're talking to. Right, right, right. But we're really trying to be respectful. We're, Mm -hmm. We're trying to be respectful of all viewpoints and all opinions. We have our own opinions. We have our own viewpoints. We have our own faith. And we talk from the perspective of our faith. Something happened this week that was just crazy. YouTube, if you guys haven't heard, YouTube has gone absolutely haywire this week with censorship. And there are going to be people who listen to this and be like, wait, what happened? Because it wasn't really all that well publicized. You kind of you you had in the to news. look for it. Yeah. You kind of had to look for it. And if you came across the right news outlet, you began to find out some of this stuff. And it's kind of kind of scary what's going on because you're beginning to see censorship happening on YouTube which is totally within their right totally an option for them it's a them. private com- well it's a publicly owned company but it's a private platform right a private platform YouTube can do whatever they want uh, but for me when I was getting this kind of news I was really saddened I was really disappointed because it came across to me as a very aggressive move Politically motivated, totally politically motivated, um, at least f- in the first instance that we saw flare up, was very politically right. motivated. And, and it is sad. There, there are channels right now, people who make a lifestyle out of YouTube who are losing their sponsorships, losing their income, losing resources. And for some, there are some who will be able to make it through, continue on, and survive. But some of the smaller channels, if a smaller channel is losing an advertiser who's significant, this could, this could be a career change for some people. Um, uh, one particular smaller channel I heard about getting all their advertisers pulled I was like oh man this is a smaller channel and they might be done mm-hmm. um, so just just I know we've talked about this a little bit and I I think 
I've spent a little more time in the drama than than you have, but you you've informed me on some stuff that's going on. Yeah. So um, the the thing I saw was a, a couple hit, not a couple, a lot of history teachers are getting really really mad because. Um, so one of the things that's going on is if the community speaks out enough and says that content is offensive to them, YouTube will take it down. Um, which for most people, that sounds fine, right? I mean, if it's offending people, you should, it, it, it's, it's hurting people, right? And, uh, the, this group of history teachers are getting really, really mad because people are reporting videos that are trying to teach the a historic depiction of the Nazis in World War II and trying to inform people of what they did and people are finding it offensive so YouTube is taking down these videos and it's interesting because one of the arguments I saw was YouTube is essentially they're fighting fascism and Nazism by doing exactly what they did back in the 40s in Europe and um and it's just it's it's crazy to see. I mean, YouTube and Google and Alphabet are in their legal right to do that. And yeah, absolutely. But as a as a society and as a culture, I think it's really important for us to to look at this and and try to and analyze a little bit more than just saying, well, if it's offensive, it, it might it shouldn't be on the internet. And the reality is is that this is. This might offend people, but the reality is, is that a lot of things that happen in the world are offensive. A lot of things that happen in the world are terrible and people won't know about it. People won't be able to learn about it. People won't be informed about it unless you allow them to. Yeah. And it's just, it's interesting because, I mean, we live in a culture now where, I mean, it very much seems like people are just getting offended very easily and... The corporate response to this is, well, we'll just take it down. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, Josh, that even by having this conversation, you and I having this conversation right now, you know, there is even the reality that we should proceed with caution now because how far we go into what we talk about and if we say we support a certain side in this argument, then you know it's it just takes the right person to find out and then all of a sudden we become blacklisted on the internet right. like a, there was there was a hit piece that came out about YouTubers who comment on video games and basically called these people out on the content of their channel and reached out to some of their advertisers and and some of them lost advertising money and it's like okay I understand where you're coming from, but that was aggressive and that was not right. I mean, YouTube in and of itself, I think, we talked about this before we hit record, that I think YouTube is a great platform and great idea to to be able to share all sorts of information. I think YouTube will have wrong information, it will have right information, and it is up to people to come to the conclusions based on YouTube on whether it's right or wrong. But I think in some ways there's the the responsibility on YouTube's end, right? You've got a lot of young kids who watch YouTube, right? Like it's probably a massive majority of YouTube's audience are probably teenagers. And so what, what do you filter out? What do you try to control? What are you putting within the minds of teenagers? Because 
if you allow things to happen, then what's going to happen when there's outrage and, you know, the teens are all going crazy, their parents are then going to turn on you. So are they trying to get ahead of the game? Um, I don't necessarily think that's their thinking. Um, but, I mean, that could be part of it, you know? I don't know. It's, it's interesting because, I mean, YouTube as a business makes money off of advertisements. Mm-hmm. And... I, I don't know. It's 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 like it's been controversial on the YouTube front this past what two years since two years. they've demonetized yeah. it a lot more. I mean, if you've noticed, if you watch on mobile, you get hit with a lot more ads than if you watch on desktop. I haven't uh, noticed that. No, no. my sister and I we kind of. I'm did not a, saying you're wrong. I right. just I haven't noticed. We we kind of did like a little. Experiment within our house and tried to because okay. she had her laptop and I had my and in the one video she had one ad and before the video even played on my phone I had two ads okay because that's something else that I've noticed is now it's two ads in the two front ads end. yeah and then you have ads on inside and it's just it's interesting because I mean if you if you live and breathe off of advertising revenue mm-hmm. and you would think you try to attract the biggest viewership but. Mm-hmm. By taking things down that you might not agree with. Yeah. I mean, there are things that should not be on the internet. I, I fully agree with, like, I full, like the Facebook Live video of that murder. Like, there are yeah. things that should not be on the internet. Yeah, I mean, there, okay. are, there are just things that are objectively bad. bad. Like, I mean, you should not be witnessing a murder, right. like a cold-blooded murder on the internet. Right. No way. No. And there's other things that, I mean, when you look at, like... um coming from my background like al-qaeda and isis put a lot of videos and propaganda and and stuff that should stuff should be taken off if it's if you own that platform you should be policing that but then there are stuff where it's like this is a hobby that someone might enjoy right um such as like guns or, or politics or something like that and okay you don't agree with that well we're gonna take it down yeah. like that's that's censorship and I don't and, know. And there's there's the viewpoint that people are getting radicalized because of this. And you know, Josh, we're not the experts on this. We're not the journalists. We're not the we're not the investigative types. We're just I'm commenting on the fact that this story highly intrigued me because this is the first time and, and this is without being probed by any news outlet or whatever. I came across this story just kind of browsing around in in and, you know, I'd listened to a podcast where it was mentioned and then I looked into more of this stuff and I was like, holy cow, like this is this is really the first time in my life that I can say that something in the United States is coming across as very highly censored. Now, you have this stuff in the early 30s and 40s that was going on within the comic books. If you guys mm-hmm. research wonder woman and stuff like that this stuff has happened in the u.s before but within my life this is the first time where i really saw an aggressive play uh towards censorship Mm -hmm. it's interesting though because i mean that kind of speaks to the privilege that we have in this country yeah as americans because i mean this is something that japan saudi arabia iran a lot of countries have been dealing with forever i mean and it's it's just it's interesting because i mean we, we live in a country where we have a freedom of speech, of press, and of expression. Yeah. And of religion. And it's just, it's, it's interesting because 
we give a lot of our own personal we we give our we have a right to privacy okay that's in the 14th amendment no you would know no. better than i i'm not a constitutional expert anyway we have we have the right to privacy and like we give a lot of that away to these companies youtube facebook google well, YouTube's part of Google, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, our ISPs. It's we give a lot of that away, and they make money off of it. They sell it. Um, they sell it to advertisers. They sell it to research firms, to marketing firms, to governments. It's it's crazy to see how it works. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the reality is, is that I mean, we I don't I. I don't want to get super political. Yeah. But very much we this whole social justice warrior mentality is really coming out now. It's very aggressive. Yes. Yeah. It's very aggressive and and I would love to have have a long discourse about what a social justice warrior is, what the movement looks like and where it's right and where it's wrong cuz I don't think all of it is bad and I Definitely don't think all of it is right Um, because what's happening is you have some – you have groups of people acknowledging that their opinion is so right, it is so perfect that anybody outside of that opinion is 100% wrong. And it's aggressive. I think in a lot of ways it's ignorant and I think in a lot of ways it is uneducated. Um, that is my thoughts on social justice warrior movement in a nutshell. I think there's a lot of people who do these types of activities who are well-meaning. I think there's a lot of people who are well-meaning, and I think from those who oppose SJW types of uh, things kind of don't see that side of it. There's people who really love that type of thing who are who are just normal folks who really think that society needs to change in a lot of ways and we need to figure those things out through conversations through discourse through personal interaction but we're doing it in all of the wrong ways and that is where it's scary um i don't i mean someone that i highly respect um and i've listened to a lot of his uh just talks about the whole internet, the world it work, the world, how the internet works, um, from his perspective, and one of the things that he he talks about is just this balance. You need a balance of security. You need a balance of privacy. And how do we achieve that? Uh, but at the same time, too, I mean, I'm trying to say this is in the most PC way possible. I mean, we live in a free country. Yeah. Um, and th- these companies have the freedom to do what they want with their platform. Yeah. And we and the content creators have the freedom to change platforms. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing that. A yeah. lot of them have. And uh, and I just I my thing though is it's ironic because like as of recording, this past week was the 75th anniversary of D Day. Right. And, and, and it's just like, here we have this example of censorship and coinciding around the same, around an anniversary of people 
going across halfway across the world to fight for freedom and to if memory fight serves against me correct certain, the initial drop of this i think it was, was like the day after i think wasn't i think so i don't know it's just I'll it's just interesting I, I mean the internet is an interesting thing, interesting place to be right now and it's I don't know. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to say to our audience, and I think we're going to move on from YouTube here in, in just a second. Something I want to say is you guys know who have listened to the After Sunday discussion, Josh and I are not trying to cash in on the hottest of hot stories. That's not how we do this. It just, YouTube is something that we have considered using for our our, our endeavor here with E43 Collective. And this this popped up some some red flags for me. Not saying that we're not going to use YouTube. We do have a YouTube channel that has virtually like nothing on it, but but it's just one of those moments where it's like okay, so so there is the reality that if you want to run a business, you have a hundred percent reason from this drop, this story of this week, that you should not as a creator run your business 100% through YouTube. Have fail-safes, have, have backups, well, that's, have other places of content. That's been the reality for a couple of years now. I mean, since the initial demonetization of YouTube. Yeah, but now I mean, you're seeing it with huge channels who every who have big channels who have dedicated followings. And it's like, holy cow, they got that person? Yeah, Like, but I mean, that, that's the, I mean, it's the rise of Patreon. I mean, yeah. that's really what it's become yeah. is like, that's the reason Patreon's a thing is because YouTube made it harder and that's what it is. They're making it harder to be successful on their yeah. platforms. Yeah. And it, you know, from a business perspective, YouTube wants more money. Google mm -hmm. wants more money. Alphabet Inc. They want more money. And so they got to figure out ways in which they can do it. Um, and not saying that this is about a money thing, but it's also about a culture thing. And right. that's, I mean, it's, it's the world we live in right now and it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's the old Chinese curse or proverb? It's a curse and proverb. May you live in interesting times. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. and we, we very much live in interesting times. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's totally fascinating. Yeah. I mean, for me, anyone who's listened to, this, to ASD before, I've mentioned way, way early on in the podcast how I really like uh, Orwell's 1984 and Fahrenheit 451. I think that they're very intriguing stories. I think they're very well-written stories. If you haven't read those, educate yourself on what's going on in those books. And be aware that Ray Bradbury and George Orwell were both very, very smart. Um, they were both very, very uh, well-educated in what was going on in, in communist countries. Um, specifically when Bradbury wrote, uh, I, he, he had lived in a time where he saw what happened in Germany and saw what happened in Russia. And, you know, there there were very much against communism and, and some of the things that came along with that. So read those books. My if recommendation. If you don't have time to read the books, there are videos on YouTube. There are there are <laughs> videos on YouTube, which may or may not be there at the end of this podcast. Who knows? That's just a joke. That's just a joke. Um, but anyway, let's talk about something that, uh, Josh, is not on your list, but is on my list. You uh -oh. mentioned something that made me think of this, and I've wanted to add this conversation oh, with no. you for so long. And it is, you said that you get different advertisements on your mobile phone for YouTube than on laptops. Yep. And for me personally, I am, I'm, I'm kind of old school. I prefer 
my laptop, over a tablet, over a phone, so much. I, I don't like I don't like working on a phone. I know some people do it very effectively, and all the apps and stuff on phones and tablets are really kind of suggesting that that is the future. Uh, just basic preference. What is your preference in in just regular web browsing? We'll start with that. Regular web browsing, you a mobile or a desktop laptop guy? Mobile. Mobile, okay. Absolutely mobile. It's, it's interesting because like college I was a desktop guy. Yeah. And afterwards, I, I think part of it is, so like for work, I have a work laptop. Um, and it's, it's the laptop that all I do on that is work. Okay, and that's all I'm allowed to do on it is work. And I mean, outside of that, I mean... I'm never near my laptop. Like I have a personal laptop, but I, I don't think I've turned it on in like four weeks. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, and like I think part of it is is like when I was in college, I was heavy laptop use because I always had like an assignment or something right. to type up, and I don't have that anymore, like as much anymore. And it's it's funny because like teaching youth group, okay. Yeah. Most resources that I would pull off my computer and my laptop, I can pull off my phone and I can do it anywhere without yeah. having to be near Wi-Fi. And that's that's the other right. thing, big thing is like it's a lot. It's really convenient that's when you true. have Internet at the palm of your hand. That's true. That's true. So. All right. For me, browsing, I am still a laptop guy. I just I prefer the layouts and the interfaces that come across on on a laptop screen, and maybe that means I would really enjoy a tablet, uh, but mm, I don't think you would, because tablets normally pull mobile, right? Web pages. But the the thing that I just I love typing on a keyboard. I even though I'm efficient at it, even though I can type mobile on mobile, I just don't like the fact that you have no feel you never get that resistance and and so you always have to like look at what you're doing whereas for me i like to be able to just type away the things look at my screen be able to work efficiently i think i think though for you it's also like a like a timing thing in your life yeah because you have three kids who are running around with your phone watching videos and doing stuff on those so you don't you don't have your phone in your hand as much that's true so when you're at home it's you do everything on your laptop you do it on your playstation or your pc you have a gaming pc so you you do it on that where the kids are running around with your cell phone and when you're at work you can't have your cell phone out i yeah you can't really use your phone while you're working right when you are working when you're in the shop you can't be browsing your phone right but like for me where i work like i can have like i can't like they like you can't do spotify or youtube like you're not allowed to even go on youtube Unless okay. it's work related. Okay. Um, so if you want to listen to anything or like have something going on, it's off your phone. So it's just like, it's kind of like that. Like, I think part of it is like that part, like I've compartmentalized my life into like my laptop is for my like official, like paying my bills. I'm doing yeah. my work. Like this is what I'm doing over here. And then when I'm on my phone, it's just like all my entertainment, all of the stuff that like my day to day, like communication and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there is then the the next question, right? The regular browsing. One thing I will say where I do utilize mobile 
uh, in, in preferences. For example, I have a bunch of digital resources mm-hmm. that I use for graduate school that I use for sermon preparation. I have a bunch of digital references. I would rather, if I'm just reading through one of my digital books, I would rather read on mobile than on my laptop screen. So if I'm reading like a book and it's an ebook and, I, and it's not on my Kindle or, or something like Which that. Which you love your paper white, right? I do. I love the paper white. I think the paper white is fantastic. Unfortunately, a lot of my Logos Bible software mm-hmm. stuff, I can't, I, I can't put it right. over on Kindle format. If I could, that would be amazing. Um, but Logos, I, get on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Logos, make give us that that format so we can transfer it over to the paper white. I would mm-hmm. love that. I would pay extra money for that. <laughs> Faith Life, I would pay extra money for that. So, um, I do prefer to read on a smaller surface. I think there's something about how the eyes travel and you can read faster when the page isn't as wide. Um, at I least think that's, that's funny because like I hate reading on my screen. Okay. I hate read. I like. I, I have a Kindle Fire. I have a two-in-one laptop that turns into a tablet. Yeah. Absolutely hate reading. Like if I'm reading a book, I want it in paper. Yeah, which it's, it. I believe paper is. It, reading in general is stressful on the eyes, but I think paper, since it doesn't have a backlit screen, is less stress on the eyes. Um, and you have. You have enough trouble with your vision <laughs> as it is, and so I, I think that that that's definitely like if I'm if I have the option to read a a, a bound book versus a digital copy, I, I'm going for the bound book unless it's on the paper white. The paper white is a fantastic way to mm-hmm. read, uh, and that's just my opinion. But what about what about workspace though? What what about workspace? If you're gonna sit down, you're gonna write a blog. You're gonna sit down. Oh, laptop. You're gonna all do all day. Some type of work. Laptop. Laptop yeah. all day. And, and you know they're really trying to make tablets better workspaces. And you know you've seen that. But the problem is, is that the tablets that I've seen and I've used and I've demoed, you don't have enough space to multitask on it, like. Something I will say that I love about the Windows operating system is just you can easily partition your screen. Yeah. Uh, and like the keyboard shortcut of window and the arrow button to move. I mean, I, I could have four windows on one page and then I could have another desktop behind yeah. it that I can switch over to. And it's just it's it's very much made for working on like stuff yeah. i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't make videos or edit pictures on a windows but when it comes to spreadsheets and work stuff or paying bills i'd, I'd use windows why wouldn't you use windows for video editing or, or i don't like photos? i don't like most of the software that's out there like honestly like is like photoshop example, different on windows it different. than it is on mac like the, okay. the 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 interface is slightly different okay and apple's done a very good job of making max os very intuitive for a creative person so like where windows i mean it's just like i i've i've edited photos on a mac i've edited photos on windows a lot of the like accessories like so like there's like i use a um, tablet pen interface to work on photoshop and lightroom and it, it seamlessly integrates with Mac OS. Yeah. Where Windows, I have 
like this thing that's running in the background that's taking up CPU space. It doesn't work as well. It's a little bit more, not bulky, but it's just, yeah. it's clunky. Yeah. And then, like, it does the same thing, but it might take like, it might, it might take like one or two steps longer. Yeah. Where Mac is very much like, this is what I need to get done creatively and it's super simple it's it's stupid how simple it is yeah so yeah i mean in my experience if we want to go the mac versus windows route which i kind of do <laughs> because i actually think windows 10 and um the current mac operating system i can't remember what natural wonder we're on <sighs> these days but it's something uh, something Yosemite, something yeah. beautiful in nature. It's not. It's not Yosemite. Yosemite was a while it's ago. Not, I think oh, it might Kathy be Tan. Sierra. I think we're on okay. Sierra right now. Um, but anyway, I, I would say that Windows as an operating system is Windows 10 is very good. Mm-hmm. I like Windows 10. Um, I, I you know I just had a friend. Uh, give an old PC to me and old Windows and I've upgraded a little bit and I've dabbled with the operating system and I, I had Windows 10 previously but man I just think Windows 10 came a long way Windows 8 was terrible what were they thinking I know what 7 they- wasn't bad 7 was great I, I mean Windows 8 I understand what they were thinking but at the same time it's like you you know Microsoft you know who uses windows and you know that this is not this is not the type of person who is who is wanting this right you want to hear something really funny though so i i stumbled across an article the other day and it was about the mac versus pc ads that ran in like 2006 2007 um and how steve jobs didn't want them like they filmed 300 plus of them and they only aired about sixty six. Oh wow! And the um the one the one actor that played the Mac, um, yeah. he said that Steve Jobs refused to run anything that was laugh out funny because he thought it took away from the product. Okay, he wanted you to focus on the product and what they were advertising the product for instead of the humor. And I went through and I watched all of them because you can on YouTube. Oh. <laughs> YouTube. Right now you can. <laughs> but uh, it takes about a half an hour to watch all of them. <laughs> and I didn't, I forgot because the, the PC operating system at the time was Vista. <laughs> yeah, Vista was bad. And it was just, on a, I'm, I'm thinking of the one where it was um, the PC guys behind the platform telling it like, don't give up on Vista. Don't give up on Vista. Like it, we, we will make it better. Don't ask what Vista can do for you. Ask what you could do for Vista. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and the Mac guy goes, so Vista's going well. He goes, absolutely not. I switched over to XP last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. XP was a great operating system. Oh, the, and but, I think what was happening with Vista, right? It was, it was actually operating slower in most applications than the same application in Windows XP. Right. Isn't, isn't that what the issue was with Vista? That's one of the many issues. Yeah. Um, but then, like, it was also super confusing because you, like, something I do, I do appreciate about Macs 
and using a Mac and like you open, you take it out of the box or you buy it secondhand. Everything's there. Yes. It's so, like, there's no setup. There's no, there's no installing drivers or anything like that. And it's just like, it's super simple and it's, it's great because of it. Yeah. Um, and like the whole Vista thing, there was six different iterations of Vista. Yeah. <laughs> and now, they all had different price points. <laughs> yeah. And I think where Mac is great, I think they have I think they have a slightly superior operating system to Windows ten. They have a great user interface. A great user interface. But but I mean, even even using as a workstation, if you're using your MacBook as a workstation and you know how to use the operating system to its maximum capabilities, it is a very good operating system. Very good, very intuitive, very fluid, very fast. And the problem right now is right now we're recording on a Mac. We're recording on a MacBook Pro 2014 model through GarageBand. I think it's it's a good device. The problem that I have with Mac is their hardware design at this point. They are trying to make their laptops too small, trying to make them smaller and have these very high powered CPUs inside them. It's causing thermal throttling. And the the biggest problem is not even that because I don't even use a Mac to its maximum capability with the CPU. The problem is the stinking keyboard. Have you tried to type on one of those new keyboards, those butterfly keyboards they have? No, I've not. You might as you might as well be typing on your phone. I mean, there's there's virtually there's no travel. It doesn't feel like you're hitting a button, and it's like, what is this? Like, why is this happening? But isn't that the Windows? Um, what's their tablet? Surface Pro. Yeah, they're the the tab, the keyboard that comes with it. It feels the same. Like, but that's feels- different, though. That's that's a that's a Surface Pro. That's a tablet. Also, you know? I think the Surface Pro is a phenomenal tablet. You know, like you you knew that when you bought it, and you expected a tablet to have something like that because because the the keyboard's detachable. We're talking about a high powered laptop, and those who are going to buy this device are either going to be people. It's not a high powered laptop. It's a mediocrely powered laptop. A MacBook Pro? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty high-powered. It's yeah. an efficient system. Expect- it's efficient. Yeah. But, it, I mean... I mean, that's you, how Mac operates. They right. don't necessarily focus as much on power. They focus on, does it work well with what they want it to do? With what they want it to do, but maybe not what you want to do. Right. I think the the thing that Mac... The, the hardware side of Mac is what frustrates me the most. Yeah. Because, like, you can't... Like, I have a 2008 iMac at my house that I can't really use anymore because I can't upgrade the RAM. I can't upgrade the the CPU. Okay, their new operating system's too large to be put on it. Yeah. Um, And, like, I like for example, I had the, uh, the speaker port because mm. it still has a speaker and a mic port. That's how yeah. old it is. Okay, it went out. They can't even... The... the the genius bar at the Apple store will not replace it (laughs) because you know what they told me? They said to replace that one little component, which in a normal PC, I just open the box, take the component out, put a new one in. Yeah. Okay. It's what the sound card or something like that. Okay. 
Um, they would have to, to replace that one component in an iMac, you'd have to replace the entire motherboard. Yeah. And they told, they gave me the price. Which a motherboard in an iMac is not, I mean, you're virtually building a new computer. I mean, the reality is, is like, I, my sister and I pitched in for the computer six years ago. And we bought off of a uh, school out in Lorraine for 300 bucks, uh, which, no, it was more than three years ago. It was like five years ago. So, I mean, it was a five-year-old computer or whatever. Um, and it worked well for five years. But to replace the motherboard, they, the, the Genius Bar gave me the number for a shop that would do it in, Ohio, in like Northeast Ohio. That they, like, that's their referral. The guy wanted 700 bucks. Wow. It's twice the price I paid for the computer. I might Seriously. as well just go buy another one from the school. Yeah, just go buy a different <laughs> one from the school, newer model. Yeah, I think that's where that I think now personally there is there is a slight edge, my personal opinion. Slight edge that buying a Windows PC at this day and age because you have options. And, and you know, I, another podcaster mentioned this a few weeks ago. But I do like the fact that you have options in manufacturers so that, you know, if you don't like the particular design of a laptop or or hardware or anything like that, you got you got another option. Whereas right now, Apple, I think they have a great operating system. I think they do things well. My goodness, though, why can we just not get the laptops the right design? This 2014 model in front of me is fantastic. This is great. Why not just take this and upgrade the components? That's all I want, and I would it's, I would upgrade. You want to hear something really funny, though? Is this new Mac Pro that they announced this past week? Yeah, it's me. It's me bonkers, dude. The um the photography community is just like up in arms about it because it's so expensive. I mean the the stand for their monitor that they announced is a thousand dollars, which is to me right. sounds like a money grab at that. I point. mean, I, I doubt hardly anybody's gonna buy buy that monitor who is a an independent worker. This that right. that is totally to sell to Disney to um, Disney exactly. It's 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 there to sell to big companies who can just throw cash out to to buy these really expensive products. It's, it is to me the Mac Pro. What I saw, it's like okay, we are going to have this product that says, "Hey, we can still make really powerful mm. hardware." It's not for a consumer. It's not for an independent. I mean, there's going to be independents who will buy it because they'll have an entry level model. But but at that point, with you're talking six thousand dollars for just a computer. Yeah, with with how much of hairs you are splitting between a Windows system that's as powerful. And a Mac well, is the like, is the operating system worth an extra three thousand bucks three thousand bucks at that point? Well, I mean, you were telling maybe me, even more. like you gave me so your your friend graciously gave you the, his old gaming computer. Yeah. So you gave me your old gaming computer. Right. <clears throat> and I was talking to my sister's boyfriend about upgrading it, mm-hmm. and they get a pretty good spec computer. I mean, because how old? I mean, how old are the parts in yours? Uh, I mean, some of this stuff's been upgraded. I would say that the oldest parts are 2010. Uh, the graphics card that I gave you was maybe 2012, 13. Okay. Um, so we were looking at just to rebuild it and make it so that 
you can play good AAA games on it. Yeah. Like four or five hundred bucks. Yeah. All right. You want a brand new MacBook or iMac? Yeah. You're talking twelve to twenty five hundred dollars depending on what you buy. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, okay. a, it's and, absurd. And you still wouldn't be able to run like Civ Six on it. Right. I mean, and, and if you're looking to get into games, you're definitely wanting to look into Windows. If but but the thing is, is if you're looking the Mac route, you're probably going to some type of creative route. Which is why you know Josh and I we've been talking about you know for E43 Collective having some hardware that actually belongs to to the business, but. I, I very much stand firmly on until the design changes for the MacBook Pro, I will not buy one. So so this this one's got a ride or die, baby. Lovely. Um, but anyway, Josh, this week you saw a movie you really wanted to yes, see. Yes, I did see a movie that I didn't Okay, I wasn't that excited about it until maybe like a day before I decided I wanted to go see it. Um, so it's Aladdin. The new Aladdin movie, um, and I was I was very pleasantly surprised surprised by it. Um, it was it was a beautiful movie, and I thought Disney did a phenomenal job with it. I loved it. Um, That's good. My sister's been raving about the movie for like three weeks, and just like every opportunity she gets, she's just like, "You need to watch this trailer. You need to see this behind the scenes. You need to see this. You need to see." And like for for three weeks, I was just like, "I don't want to see this. It's just another remake. Whatever." And um, and you know what got me? Yeah, what's up? There's a video from the premiere. It's Will Smith with these two little kids. Okay, and the the one girl asks him why he's not in blue as the genie. Mm-hmm. And and it's just like if you can find the video, I know it's everywhere on Instagram, but it's so cute where he's just like, "Have you met Princess Jasmine?" And like, "This is the reason I'm not blue right now." It's like it has to be a secret; nobody can know about the magic. And like, he actually takes these two girls. I don't know, you don't see them meet Naomi, uh, who mm-hmm. plays Jasmine, but he's just like, "Let's go, let's take your mom and let's go find Jasmine so you can meet her." And it's yeah. just like, it's like okay, if he's gonna be that cool about it, I, I think this like. It'll be good. Whatever. Yeah. And then uh, I dragged my neighbors into going and seeing it. There you me. go. And uh, and the one the one was just like it's a lot. He was he said that he was he was happy with it. So mm-hmm. for someone who did not want to see the movie, yeah. So um, you can't beat Robin Williams as a voice actor for the genie, but Will Smith did a phenomenal job. Um, the I can't remember his name. The guy who plays Aladdin did a very good job. I really liked. I mean, the casting was really, really good. It was a gorgeous movie. Um, you could tell that they did do a lot of practical stuff. Like there was a lot of CGI, but there was a lot of practical sets, a lot of stunts, a lot of things. And it, I mean, and, and the best part is, and the and I'm gonna. This isn't a spoiler, okay? But it's something that I truly appreciate. So, if you don't know anything about Aladdin, Aladdin is part of the thousand and Thousand and One Nights, mm-hmm. or uh, the Arabian Nights, okay, and the like, and it's it's funny because like those are the stories my parents grew up reading and learning about and going through, like where we would have like Cinderella and like the the Disney's flair, right? Okay, they read Arabian Nights, and, and that that that's been interesting because like it's it's opened up a lot of like talking, 
like my dad loves those old stories and it's just like it's like oh this is something that we can connect over because as a first generation american with immigrant parents there's not that much pop culture that you can connect with a yeah. lot with um and and the way they start the movie off is they frame it in a way that is very it very much points back to the original purpose of the story it's a bedtime story and the way they frame it is just to me i thought was very touching to the original um to the origin of the of the tale yeah um which i thought was very good it was i think they did a i I think they did a really good job of keeping it very i mean very very uh i wouldn't say like we're we're like the the animated edition kind of whitewashes the cast a little bit i mean this was an all this is a cast that had connection to that region of the world in some way right i mean the, the actor who plays aladdin is from egypt which he's also Coptic, which I thought was interesting. He's okay. a Coptic Orthodox. All right. Um, the other actors are either connected through the Indian like culture or the Persian culture, but they're all. I mean, everybody's brown, and like my sister, my sister kept on going. She's like, "You have to go see this movie. It's finally a movie where all the brown people are good guys, except for the one. <laughs> We're good guys finally. And it's good just guys like, finally. Yeah, it's." But I I thought they did a phenomenal job. If you're, if you have been, I mean, we went and saw it last week. It had been out for what two and a half weeks, three weeks. Yeah, something like that. Every showing was almost full. Every yeah. showing we went on a Sunday afternoon was almost full, which I thought was fascinating. That's good. So if I mean, you've been holding off, it at least see it. It was nice seeing it in theaters because it makes it just grander with the big screen. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I if you if you don't really want to see it, like at least see it when it comes out on DVD. It's yeah, a, it's a good movie. Yeah, and I, I do want to see it. I know that this this year there's just been a handful of movies that came out, and I was like, yeah, I want to go to the theaters to see that. Unfortunately, I did go see Godzilla, and <laughs> you say unfortunately like it's a bad thing. No, here's here's the deal, I. When we went to see Godzilla, I I had high hopes, and I was really looking forward to it because I really liked Godzilla that came out in 2014. I really liked Kong Skull Island. I thought they did well with those movies, and I had very low expectations. And then this one was like, ah, man, it just... Even even the concept of executing more monsters, more all, all the action, more all that stuff, I think is just harder in general because uh, you can no longer rely on the suspense factor of like what does the monster look like and what is it doing and and those are things I think that make those movies interesting but um, it wasn't bad it wasn't bad it was a fun movie I thought it had a lot of entertaining moments I know on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes it's just getting trashed but it's not that bad okay. um, it's it's decent um, but you would probably get more of your money's worth out of going and seeing like a John Wick 3 or which I have not seen yet and I want to you sh- so. you should go see it a John Wick 3 for action Aladdin for family entertainment I mean I don't even know if Endgame is still in theaters but if it you is. haven't seen that go see it yeah um so there's a lot of options I mean Detective Pikachu is a good family films there's so many options it's it's kind of uh 
And we're just going to get more because Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out next month. You have Lion King coming out next month. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of movies coming out, and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be good. Uh, So... Yeah, it's a good time for movies, man. And I, I'm i really excited like for something I saw the other day. And Josh and I were going to talk about this. And for those of you who have heard us talk about Star Wars many, many a times. This is a year that we're getting a Star Wars movie, though, right? We are getting a Star Wars okay. movie in the fall. But we're not even talking about a movie. No. We're going to enter into that geeky realm of video games. The realm in which I enjoy... Uh, and today we are talking about a Star Wars video game that I was skeptical about until the other day, uh, yesterday. I saw a video of some gameplay of it, and man... It got released yesterday. Yeah, it it actually looks pretty good. Now, I'm still skeptical because the business practices of the electronic arts are always, <laughs> are always trying to get you to spend... like. I feel like their baseline is like, hey, we got to get people to spend at least double the amount of the MSRP value on a video game. So if it if it retails at $59.99, they're really trying to get you to spend 120 bucks on it in some fashion. And they're really tricky and really sneaky about it and probably really good at it because they keep doing it. And, you know, I'm a little skeptical um, from that angle, but I am also excited from the angle that respawn is developing the game it just man it looked really good and what so game you are you the talking trailer. about jedi fallen okay. order i'm sorry i didn't say that the game's no. called jedi fallen order and it just it looks good it looks entertaining it looks fun it looks like the first star wars action game that we will have had in years that'll finally take you on a star wars journey that is means worth something it. and yeah. is worth it, you know. Like, yeah. I, it, it'll be good. Yeah, well, no, maybe. I, I hope it'll be good. <laughs> I, you know, it was it, it from the trailer. The trailer got my hopes up a little yeah. bit, uh, and then they released the gameplay vo- footage yesterday. And you know what? The first thing that came to my mind was was that this is a remake of Force Unleashed because <laughs> it seems very reminiscent. I never played those games. No. Mm-mm. Oh, you missed out. Force I'm gonna, you know what? I got it. I've got a Origin Access, and Force that's Unleashed, part of the library. The first Maybe I should Force play. Unleashed game is phenomenal. Okay. The second one was too short. Okay. Um, but it was beautiful. That's what I will say about the second one. The second one, they upped the graphics. They missed out on the plot. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest. <laughs> The first one was a. I I thoroughly enjoyed the first one, and this this new game seems very reminiscent of it. Okay. Uh, even to the, you have a generic protagonist who goes into Star Wars things and has mm-hmm. force powers. Yeah. Um, but and, no, I think I think it, I think it will be good. I think it will be better than the campaign mode in Battlefront Two. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it, it doesn't take much to get better yeah. than that, especially um, in the realm of story. Yes. And, and I think, like, it was nice seeing, like, a cameo from Saw in Saw Gerrera. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of that. Yeah. Um, 
But it, it'll be interesting. I, you know, the way I see EA trying to get more money is by extra story, mo- like story missions, story episodes, yeah, and doing the whole season pass thing where you have to like in order to get all of this story, you have to buy into that. But I mean, it, it will be a nice change from the shooter. Yeah, it'll be a nice change. It'll, you know, and I know that third-person action games are not for everybody. Some people really like their shooters. I'm an action game kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I like my third-person action games, my third-person role-playing games, and then strategy yeah. after that. So I got a weird taste in games. But I think one of the coolest things, Josh, tell me, tell me what you thought the coolest part of the gameplay trailer that you saw yesterday, and we'll see if we have the same thing. Oh. I mean, when I saw this one part of the trailer, I was like, the fact that that's a mechanic in this game is is really cool. Um, I, so there's a couple, couple, th- so I really enjoyed the, the ability to just like force, force pull somebody into your yeah. lightsaber. I love that. Yeah. I was just like, I thought it was just one of those like, those BA moves that are just like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are you thinking the, like, bullet time kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I see. I, You know, watching the... That's something that I, I will say. It seemed like the bolts were... The the blaster bolts were just shooting too slow. Okay. Did it not, did it not feel like that? It just felt like... Because, like, maybe it's because I'm so used to Battlefront. Yeah. Where everything's just super high speed. But it's right. just like, well... Okay, kind of high speed. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I I don't know. It's I mean it, it it looks beautiful. Yeah. The game looks beautiful. Yeah. I mean I think my favorite part of the trailer, you alluded to it is is well, and, and this comes down to the fact I think the character they've created, they have some type of knowledge and, and probably have tried to pull from Star Wars fandom, what are what are people's favorite force powers that they see within the movies? Mm-hmm. And no matter what you think about the new trilogy, whether you like the new movies or not, I think one thing that a lot of people agree on is that Kylo Ren introduced some really interesting force powers Mm -hmm. and i think people liked that i think there was a lot of attraction and draw to the Mm -hmm. the villain of kylo ren because from the trailers and and how he was was portrayed in that he looked very interesting looked very powerful and so you are able to stop time in this game which there is no jedi other than kylo ren that we've seen do that before in Star Wars films or Did games. Did he stop time or just stop the bolt? Uh, like he was he, able to slow down the plasma. He was able to do that, but also that he was able to. He's able to stop those moving objects. So it's it's obviously a focused mm-hmm. um, stopping of time that he's able to do. Because remember, there's the like the rotating platforms, and mm-hmm. he stops those with his force powers. Um, but anyway, so what happens is a uh, stormtrooper shoots a blaster at him and he's able to freeze the blaster and then he fights one stormtrooper off and then he does a force pull mm-hmm. of the one stormtrooper and then either the time-stopping ability wears off or whatever and that bolt that the stormtrooper fired then goes into the back mm-hmm. of the stormtrooper. And I was like, the fact that that is thought through in the mechanics of the game mm-hmm. 
I think that was very intentional. That mm-hmm. was very intentionally in the trailer because they wanted you to think this game's not like other games that you've seen made before. Right. This is not a sloppily thrown together game with the Star Wars license just to get some money. Respawn has worked on this for a while. They have put time into it. They've put effort into it. And, and that is where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. there's there's going to be some cool things going on in this game. And maybe it's all false optimism at this point. Who knows? That could be the reality. But I think it's going to be What good. are you looking f- What do you hope that they put in the game? I think the most important thing for me in this game is is story because the reality is there's a lot of good third-person action games. I mean, if I want to play a game with just fantastic good mechanics, there's lots of options. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that a good Star Wars story is important because to this point, you know, the, the one story I just really, really, really enjoy since basically everything's been canon the one that i can definitely say is fantastic is rogue one and there's been four movies and only one that stands out as exceptional in my mind as a story Mm -hmm. and so i would love to see a good story and then secondly i would really like to see a decent level of customization within within your jedi Mm -hmm. like like maybe an in-depth skill tree or something like that you can't have all the powers Mm -hmm. you actually have to choose a different type of play style that would be very cool and interesting but since it's such a massively marketed game i doubt it's going to be that in depth but you know at least some type of interesting customization to where like hey if i want to play through it again i could play like a different way a different style you know maybe you you know they had like different trees to where you could emulate your force powers and abilities after like an obi-wan kenobi Mm -hmm. or who is like a more defensive type of fighter or you like maybe you could go the routes of like mace windu who is more who is known for his offensive swordsmanship Mm -hmm. things like that um you know because it is happening within the same time period it seems to be you know, because we saw in the trailer, we saw stormtroopers in their stormtrooper outfits. It shows that well, it's, it's at least after Order sixty six, for far enough along to where the Empire is either almost well established or is established. Mm-hmm. So, however, this Jedi survived whatever they were doing. It's at least long enough after the prequel trilogy to where some time has passed. And, but it's also, it's got to be close enough to that story to where it's like, okay, this guy actually trained in the temple, real Jedi. He's not like, he's not like a Luke Skywalker who kind of was hodgepodge trained, which, you know, which is fine. You know, Mm -hmm. I love Luke Skywalker, but uh, he's like a traditionally trained Jedi. Mm -hmm. And so it would be cool to be able to have like different paths you could go. What are you looking for? I, you know, I really wish, it's probably not going to happen just because of the way the game is. But I, like, I really want them to make it so that you have to be, like, you have to, like, think twice before using your force powers. Like, okay. Like, make it so, like, because, I mean, this is a guy that's on the run. He's hiding from the Empire. I mean, and then it's also, like, you don't really hear about him in anything else. So it's just kind of like, okay, you got to keep your cover low. And then, like, you if you pull out your lightsaber, then it's like you need to pull out your lightsaber. And it's just yeah. like, like maybe the choice of that. And just like, it's interesting. I don't know. I am, I'm intrigued. I will say I'm, I don't think I'm going to buy this game new. I'm probably going to buy it until after it goes on sale and play it then. 
Yeah, I mean, most likely for me, same scenario. I, in general, unless it's a game that I really, really want to play, either with a friend or it's something I've been waiting for, I typically will wait because it will go on sale at some point or another. Here's my question. Modern Warfare. Will I buy it when it comes out? Yep. No. No? No. Not Are you excited for it? Not on release. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I think I'll give it a shot. But at the same time, I mean, just jumping into Call of Duty at launch is always a roll of the dice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm excited that they're going back to the Modern Warfare series. Yeah, me too. I'm, I think it'll be of fun. fond memories. But yeah. this kind of goes into the whole nostalgia thing. How do you feel about nostalgia marketing, though? Because that is, it's taking over. Nostalgia marketing is taking over. I mean, look at the summer movie lineup. Aladdin, Lion King. Next, you know, I heard they're doing a, a Mulan remake um, that for 2020. Cast, they casted uh, a mermaid, uh, Little Mermaid. They casted Ariel. a Little Mermaid. So, I mean, it's to me, it's, it's exciting because it's nice to see a reimagining but at some point or another I, I think you know you gotta do new IPs mm-hmm. you gotta do new ideas well, because I I think that if it is a well did you see the video game that they just announced they're gonna remaster no destroy all humans really <laughs> yeah <laughs> now see, see that's that's a type of game though destroy all humans that's the type of game I think is really worthy of a remaster okay because it, it like has this did this <laughs> really interesting time period where Destroy All Humans and Destroy All Humans 2 were very successful. They were very well-liked games. And then it just disappeared. Right. The, the franchise just disappeared. And to me, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. In Call of Duty's case, it's like, well, Call of Duty's been going on forever. A, year, a, year, and, a game a year. And the, and the thing is, is you look at Activision's lineup. They haven't had a great year so far. And it's like, okay, it almost feels like a... Like, like a desperation move. Like maybe they had it in their back pocket. Like, okay, when things are real bad, we're gonna pull Modern Warfare out, and and we're gonna just go to the nostalgia. And I, I, you know, my opinion of nostalgia marketing, remake culture, reimagining, whatever you call it, is you can make things within that, and they can be good. They can be decent. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really hard for them to be great because the idea wasn't original. Like when we think about when we think about the greatest films of all time, there's not really any remakes in that list. They're the greatest films of all time are typically original ideas, new or they're based on a book that never was put on film. Right, and and the book itself, the story itself, is an original idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing too, right? In books, you never have remakes of books. You know, right. I mean, sometimes you have rewritings or, or reimaginings of especially like things like public domain wise, because, you know, like for a thousand and one nights, for example, I mean, it's a it's a public domain work. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe someone reimagines it or or translates it in such a way where it's more westernized or whatever. I right. Mean, you know, I think that that's something you could see happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nostalgia marketing, man, I think it's one of those things where you you could make money off of it, but I don't think from a creative perspective you can get the same level of greatness out of it as if it's a brand new creative intellectual property. Well, okay, so going to playing off of that a little bit in The Lion King that's coming out soon. Yeah. Didn't isn't there like a new like thing where people are getting up in arms about how Pumbaa looks like? 
I thought I heard that. No, I haven't been in on okay. that conversation, so I don't know. So, because they're making Pumba a realistic warthog, he's not as friendly looking to children. And, like, moms are making, like, a big deal, supposedly. I don't know. I could have heard it wrong. But it's just, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I do watch the uh, the trailer to Lion King, and to me, it doesn't look like as much of a children's film. No, Scar looks terrifying. Yeah. Like, for example, we took our kids to see Detective Pikachu, and to be honest, within the first 20 minutes of that movie, I was highly considering having to leave because there's those like terrifying monkeys <laughs> and you know my my kids were like that's kind of scary but they made it through cuz you know Pikachu appears shortly after right. that and right. and it's like okay well yeah detective pikachu i i enjoyed it was cute i didn't like the ending of it i didn't like that ending no um but yeah no i re- it it was a dark movie yeah it was just dark color wise yeah like, yeah, and for me too, you know, I you're taking a four and a three year old. Yeah, yeah, I really, I should have done a little bit more research ahead of time on the film. I would not have taken them. Okay. Um, having seen it now, Charizard I mean, was terrifying at one point. Yeah, it's four. not even so much the terrifying thing about the Pokemon or anything like that. I mean, it's just like a heavy subject material for kids. Right. The the potential that I mean the guy the, the main character legitimately thinks his dad is dead. Right. And and that's kind of a heavy thing for a little kid to wrestle with. Like yeah. the fact that like a dead parent mm-hmm. and And like he doesn't like his dad. Yeah. Yeah. And so so anyway, well. I should have done some research ahead of time. Anyway, my mistake. But I I do think like Lion King to me, I don't think I'll I'll take my kids because it looks like it could be too scary which mm-hmm. i mean i think if a child is you know seven eight years old they'll be fine but for a younger kid it's hey i can't take my younger kids mm-hmm. i don't think okay my yeah. opinion so i mean you know and that's again i think the nostalgia marketing the people who are our age will probably go mm-hmm. if their parents maybe they'll take their kids if they're not they'll just go yeah you know yeah i don't know it's interesting like, like something I will say about Aladdin was, and this, mm, spoiler alert, spoiler alert for one scene in Aladdin where, like in the animated cartoon, Jafar turns into a snake. Uh-huh. Okay. Not in the, not in the new one. Okay. Because, I mean, and that, and that was the one thing I was like, I'm okay with, because, that would have been terrifying for all the little kids that are showing. That's true. If if Jafar just turned into this humongous cobra. That's true. Yeah. Um, the way the the alternative I thought was, I actually thought was better than Jafar turning into a snake. What and was the alternative? Spoiler alert. Something it it, it happens to Iago. Okay. Um, but it, it creates this really cool, like, fun little chase scene. Okay. Um, but I mean, even though he was humongous, he didn't. It 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 was a lot less terrifying as than a uh, humongous cobra. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I found out? Because I read, I listened to Aladdin and the Magic Lamp. I didn't read it. I should probably go back and read it. I have a thousand and one nights. Um, but 
His mom's alive in the in the story. Oh, okay. And there's two genies. <laughs> it's ah, weird. Two genies. Now, mm-hmm. That would have been interesting. Yeah. I I I would like to to hear that. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like it do, it's not like the the Disney movie. The Disney movie pulls from a couple of stories. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that Disney Renaissance, those films were only loosely based on their mm-hmm. source material, like very loosely yeah. based on their source material, especially the ones that are based on Grimm's fairy tales. Oh, yeah. You know what's you know what story I wish they would make a remake or like a reimagining of the of the movie? Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. It's here. from A Thousand and One Nights. Oh, it's from A Thousand and One Nights. Yes. Um, and they made an animated movie, but it was not Disney. King of Thieves? No. Nope. Oh, it wasn't Disney? No. Um, uh, I don't know. Tell Sinbad. Me. Oh, Sinbad. Seven yes. Voyages of Sinbad? Mm-hmm. Have, you seen, have you seen the old movie, Seven I've Voyages seen a, of Sinbad? I've seen p- parts of it. It's a good thought, movie, man. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. And uh, it's one of my dad's personal favorite movies. Really? So, Dad, if you're listening to this podcast, I love seven voyages of sinbad we should get together sometime <laughs> soon and watch it together because that is a great film uh it, you should watch it okay man. it's it is it is good it's older is this but live action or yeah anime? live action okay because they made an animated oh yeah you gotta watch the live action okay. film i might you know i'm sure my dad's gonna be real disappointed <laughs> i can't give you all the details okay. about it i've seen it tons of times it's a mm-hmm. good movie you okay. should watch it um, anyway, man, we're kind of getting to that point of where where yeah. we talked for a while. Do you want to give any random closing thoughts before we go? I don't want to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Josh doesn't want to go to work tomorrow. This is this this after Sunday discussion is actually being recorded on a Sunday. They always get it recorded on Sundays, except for that one. That one got recorded on a Thursday. Yes, but this is this is recorded on a Sunday. Yep, this is recorded on a Sunday. So, Josh, you don't want to go to work tomorrow. Anything no. else? Um. Also, I don't know what these blocks things are with magnets that I've been playing with, but I think they're Ari's toys. Or yes, your daughter's they're, toys. They're uh, children's toys. Uh, yeah, they're, they're called, really addictive to play with. I'm just going to say that. They're called Picasso tiles. So Interesting. Uh, Picasso tiles, if you are listening to this podcast uh, and you want to place a sponsorship, I will say fantastic things about your product because they are a fantastic toy uh you can do all sorts of things with these picasso tiles if you guys if anyone's listened to this they have young children look into these things they're called picasso tiles they're magnetic magnetic um geometric shapes that you can build all sorts of things with they're they're very fascinating so just super addictive if you want to get yourself a set of picasso tiles they're pretty easy to find once yeah. you know the name because okay. Amazon has, has them. I think I saw some in Target, but I don't think they were Picasso. I think they were imitation brand. Uh, no. Target's been doing a lot of that. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, for me, man, random closing thought of the day is just the fact that we did an episode of Raking Coals before recording this, and then we jumped into this podcast. And I'll say, if you guys listen to Raking Coals be excited for the episode that is coming up on Wednesday, episode 22. If you do not listen to Raking Coals, uh, go ahead on over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to it, and be ready for it to come out on Wednesday. Or, or if Spotify. You, or, or if you use Spotify. Or what else, Josh? Google Play. Google Play. Or the e- website. Or the website. E43collective.com is actually probably the best place to go, period, if you want to 
get more stuff because you go to a podcast page and we have all the links there for the subscriptions. So you just go to the latest podcast page and you click the link to whichever your preferred method of subscribing to a podcast is. And I encourage you guys to do that as well as if you have time, please take a second to give us a review over on Apple Podcasts if you use it. Um, If you give us a review, it helps make our podcast easier to find within the Apple Podcasts store, which has many, 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 many podcasts. So if you've been able to find us, wow, we are so thankful. And you guys are fantastic and amazing. Uh, That's all I've got. Josh, would you like to say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we say have a fantastic week and a blessed day. Bye-bye.